Hello, everyone, and welcome to American Pale Males. It's your nerdy beer tasting podcast without pretension or expertise. Or energy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting one tonight. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and with me is the justifiably irate. I'm, I'm calming down, but I'm Jeremy. It's a big weekend coming up, Jeremy. I know. Many beer rags to be established. Now, on air, uh production meeting i guess this might be uh-huh. the first one of those we've ever had <laughs> yeah okay do we want to just surreptitiously record people as we're <laughs> traveling around it just like i realize it'd probably be extra work on your half but like beep out names to protect the innocent <laughs> maybe we'll we'll see we'll see maybe we can do some roving reporting or mm-hmm. some check-ins through the night mm-hmm Maybe I, th- I think check-ins during the afternoon might be a better idea. Oh, that's what I mean. Yes, the <laughs> afternoon festivities. It, yeah, yeah. I think I have a list of where we're going down, but I don't Ooh. know what Steve all has in plan. Okay. Well, stay tuned for that question mark. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But for now, Jeremy, uh, do you have a beer brag for me? I do, uh, and it comes from Grub of the Show. Oh. So she and the uh, children were passing through on their way to Omaha the other day and as payment for using my guest room she gave me a beer from Hopewell Brewing called Side Salad. Michael this was a style of beer I'd never even heard of before. A style? A style. What style is this? Have you had a grisette? Uh, I've not. That name sounds familiar but if you ask me to describe it I probably could not do that. Well Michael here's the uh the color text from hopewellbrewing.com. Side salad is a mixed culture grisette with surprising complexity underlying its tiny stature. Blended from both young and wild ale, young and aged wild ale, rather, this beer is slightly tart, refreshing, and a little funky, a choice pairing with the main course. Oh. Um, so I had never, like you, I had never heard of grisette, as we've established, but uh, a quick Google leads me to Allagash.com, where they have a blog post about this. Okay. A grisette is a refreshing, low-alcohol beer with origins in the, and I apologize, the Hainaut, Hainaut province of Belgium. Grisettes are crisp, medium, or light-bodied, and citrusy beers brewed to be endlessly approachable. I think I would describe this as a session saison. Okay. It's very, very fizzy. Uh, it's got that barnyard funk but it's not too overpowering this specific one had a little Mm. it kind of actually tasted like a green apple without having green apple flavoring in it which was pretty solid i have one left so hopefully i will uh have one to split amongst folks on the trip this weekend but uh we will see it's very solid so if you see your a grisette around i would recommend it very refreshing yeah, this sounds like something I might enjoy, especially uh, for the season. I agree. It It's fizzy and light enough and fruity enough to be like endlessly crushable, especially in the heat. But I think it's uh, it's also does not stray too far from the funk of the, the wild ales, I guess you would call them. Okay. What about yourself? What do you got for a beer break? I had, not too long ago, a flagship... Chocolate Oatmeal Stout from Carbon 4 Brewing, a smaller local outfit. They make good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Interesting bottle featuring a very rotund cat with a 80s workout gear lying on a scale. Uh, it was 
nice because I haven't had like a straightforward just stout in a while. It was a good revisit. Well done beer. It was rich, roasty, little cocoa flavor in there. You know, I'd say you can veer in certain directions with stouts and this one was more of that chocolatey taste. But didn't go overboard or didn't get too ashy with the roast. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was a fine beer. Um, And which one is this called again? Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm uh, I'm having a, a hard time finding this on their website. I'm sure it's there, but I'm distracted by all of these amazing, <laughs> amazing logos. Yeah, they have some interesting one. They have Fantasy Factory is perhaps most well known or most eye catching. There's a Threat Level Midnight coming soon. That's a s'mores stout. Oh, really? Do you get the joke, Michael? Threat Level Midnight sounds very familiar, but uh, it's not landing right now. That's Michael Scott's. Uh, action movie that he makes in the office. Okay. Yes. We're okay. within the office universe. Diet starts tomorrow. There it is. Yeah. Oh, what's that kitty doing? Yeah, yeah. Big fat old kitty. So yeah, it's a good one. And now looking through these beers, I have to I have to look for more carbon for me, throw one in uh one of our swaps, but um as we've yeah. done Fantasy Factory, haven't we? I think so. And we did that dusty We did Dragon Flute. Dragon Flute. Like. Maybe not in Fantasy Factory, Dragon Flute and then the uh, dusty Unlikely, dusty, I can't remember what it's called. I think we did Night Call as well. Oh, yeah. Giving so. you a night call. <laughs> that was another another reference of sorts that Jeremy knew right off the top of his head. So I'm telling you, Michael, when you're driving down here this coming weekend, pop up Kavinsky with a K on your uh, music app of choice, be it Spotify, YouTube, oh, Apple yeah, Music, yeah, that's what that was, yes. And I did listen to that, and it was pretty good. Pretty weird. What would you call that? Not like house. It's not house. Uh, no, it's it's. I think synthwave like synth. is yeah. synthwave is technically the name. Although I okay. despise the term wave after anything. Yes, tween wave. It's not quite tween wave. Although <laughs> that, yeah, I did just rewatch that episode. Steamy nicks. <laughs> just fills her britches. Um, Jeremy, remember about <laughs> <laughs> switching gears completely here before we go to too far down that rabbit hole. Um. It was in March. I think it, you were just God. watching TV and a, a hard seltzer Oh yeah. commercial came on the air and we kind of had an impromptu discussion about it. Well, this summer, hard seltzer is roaring up a storm. It's huge. It's a bit of a thing now and I don't yes. know how I feel about this. Right. So for some answers about it, we turn to Josh Noel, probably second favorite book author in the show behind Stephen King. <laughs> I guess. I mean, of the show, he's probably the only one that we've both read, like <laughs> yes. all of his books. Um, well, with he's it being the one, one. Yeah, he wrote a uh, Barrel Aged Stout and Selling Out, that Goose Island history book. But he also does articles for the Chicago Tribune. And this one's called "What's the Best Hard Seltzer? The Worst? Is It a Fad?" We have answers. So there's some interesting facts in here about hard seltzer. As alluded to earlier, he mentions that uh, it's a astounding growth this summer. In the past six months, and this was written in early July, July 2nd, the nation has spent $389 million on hard seltzer, which is oh, an boy. increase of 210% from the previous year. Uh. White Claw, which is the biggest selling hard seltzer, uh, has zoomed past many beer stalwarts including Rolling Rock, Guinness, Pacifico, Corona Light. Every single craft beer, with the exception of Blue Moon, in sales. Interesting. 
Yes. One thing that I found most interesting about this, one of the questions he answers is who is making this hard seltzer? And it goes into the companies, corporations behind some of these brands that we see on the pallets in the middle of Target. I wonder who's making it. Well, it's kind of interesting. So White Claw, as I mentioned, the biggest selling one, is made by a Chicago-based flavored malt company, the Mark Anthony Group. (laughs) K, not a C. Yeah. I'm also looking at the article. And their biggest seller today is Mike's Hard Lemonade. So the Mike's Hard Lemonade people have the biggest selling seltzer. Uh, Surprisingly, the second one is Truly Hard Seltzer, which is made by Boston Beer Company, which has been a little bit of a boon for them in face of some sagging beer sales. Next, we have Bone, Bon, Bon and Viv. Bon and Viv. I think it's supposed to be like Bon Vivant. Oh, yeah, French. Yeah. Uh, Spike Seltzer, owned by... You guessed it. ABI, Anheuser-Busch InBev. I really should have done my homework before this episode. <laughs> and they put out a uh, Super Bowl commercial earlier this year that uh, raised awareness for the category, kind of uh, codifying its its uh, position. <laughs> um, other brands, Henry's Hard Sparkling Water, owned by Miller Coors. Smirnoff Seltzer, owned by Diageo, which... You know, that's the name behind Guinness and uh, other malt beverages. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Wild Basin, made by loved company name on the podcast, Canarchy. It is a solid name. Which uh, is kind of an amalgamation of a few craft beer brands. And there's regional brands out there, too. But those are kind of the top five or six there. Uh, Why is this selling so well? Apparently, people like flavor and the diversity that they bring. Uh, a lot of the sales comes from variety packs of hard seltzer, and that's often how you see it sold. It's true. I did see a bunch of that just this afternoon. And it also is fueled by the ongoing success of the low-carb, locale craze, like with Michelob Ultra Light, one of the only light beer that has been increasing in sales volume. And these that bill, they're, they're low in calories, often sugar and carb-free. 4 to 5% alcohol, about the same as a light beer. I think we mentioned this, too, on the show, how they sell it in those slim cans. Mm-hmm. Kind of also points to, like, the healthy drink. The majority of their sales, like, who's drinking this, 25% are light beer drinkers, 25% wine and spirits, and then the rest is kind of a mix of domestic premium, like 9% craft beers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're seeing more of a, maybe not as a hardcore audience getting into this. Mm-hmm. Some craft beer drinkers are pretty diehard, sometimes to their detriment. Yes, yes, we are. Uh, so one thing, <laughs> so I had, like the most I had seen of hard seltzers came this past fall during tailgating season when it just seemed to be, you know, like the 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 drink du jour because I mean like and it was traditionally from what I had seen at the time just mostly women then right at the time it just struck me as just like okay this is the next fireball it'll find its crew but you know it's it's kind of a fad that's going to be like shockingly popular and dismayingly popular mm-hmm. um, but then I went to a family reunion up in Wisconsin a couple weeks ago as I as I think I brought up and a lot of the cousins were hammering white claw I. I'm pretty sure at least 70 White Claws were drank that weekend. Yeah. I mean, granted, there was like 50-some-odd people there, but 
there was a lot of them. And, you know, I am not trying to play a poor me here. But mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I brought this Pilsner. Oh, God. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Bud Lights. It was Mike's Hard Purple or whatever that thing's called. <laughs> and the uh, palette of those true, or not truly, but White Claw. Yeah. And even including a novelty shirt that said, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that quote is actually in the oh, um, hey, it is. article that? too. Because they were mentioning here how there's a supermarket sales manager who thought it would be mainly women driving sales, but she says it's probably about 50-50. And mm-hmm. uh, there's other like anecdotal evidence out there that like Instagram groups that predominantly guys, including at Daddy Central, uh, whatever that means. So, I don't know, but I hope they fall down some stairs. <laughs> that, that's strange. Um, you know, for light beer, it's been on the decline, and it's now even getting tougher. And uh, this sales manager, she says that Bud and Miller didn't help each other with that corn syrup nonsense. It's it's true. They really didn't. Which That was pretty astounding, because uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but all the light beers were planning on starting this campaign, a uh, cross-company campaign to start just promoting light beer or beer as a product, kind of like milk, like got milk. It'd just be like, <laughs> really? Yeah, just like advertising beer, like not a specific brand or anything. And then once Bud started doing those commercials, that whole goodwill went out the window and that whole campaign was just smashed to pieces. They drew first blood, not me. <laughs> exactly, and the advertising war resumed. So uh, couldn't have come at a worse time, really. Um the most important part out of this article, I think, that brings it all home is it says, yeah, here we are. Could hard seltzer create a similar disruption as, you know, light beer did? This is usually the point in any hard seltzer conversation where one-hit wonders of years past are mentioned. Think wine coolers, Zima, yeah. or not your father's root beer. Remember when that was a thing? Yes. Uh, for a moment, hard soda was the next thing. Now it's an afterthought, which is interesting. But I think what's coming up more and more often is earlier in there the new drinker whose first beer was miller light or bud light are grabbing seltzers yes. and i and i think that's where it is i think this is a devious devious way to get them when they're young yes the, and they're calling it a, a lifestyle brand uh-huh whereas they call hard soda a novelty exactly so yeah and presumably doesn't taste like garbage i haven't had one yeah i haven't either i think i had a sip of one at a tailgate at one point just but I don't, I don't remember. Well, he goes into that too about what makes a good hard seltzer, and he says, clean, well-integrated flavors with crisp, tidy refreshment is good, and false, cloying medicinal flavors are the worst. And there's plenty of those, apparently. He says White Claw has earned its status as the industry leader. Flavors are crisp and tidy, and uh, they don't have a whole bunch of flavors. They just have, you know, a few of them, which makes things less cluttered and confusing, uh, which the Truly lineup has lots of different flavors, and some of them are not so great. But Truly does have some good ones in its citrus versions. So, yeah, he kind of recommends those. Apparently, there's a few here and there from from uh, Bone and Viv, the not French French one. An odd sulfur-like note. Yes, mm-hmm. in their grapefruit one. Um he also says press is pretty tasty. They have some sugar in there, too. That kind of adds a little zing. Unflavored pure misses the mark with a finish somewhere between alcoholic heat and green olives. Yeah, that's um, a White Claw one, I think. So 
then the main question, maybe the elephant in the room for a beer podcast is, how does it compare to craft beer? You know, is it something that might interest the craft beer drinker? And the founder <laughs> of the Beer Temple in Chicago, which I believe you have been to Multiple on times. occasion. Yes. He says his ultimate conclusion is... I like this quote. I don't know if they offer any real drinking experience. And then in the article, Josh goes to say... They don't. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Hard seltzer turns drinking alcohol into an afterthought. If I want a refreshing afterthought, I drink water or seltzer water. When I want alcohol, I want to revel in it to some small degree, whether a crisp Hellas lager or two fingers of mezcal. No, thank you. <laughs> I want an experience. Hard seltzer is mostly just flavor. You know, that's what we want. But the flip side of that is only a few people want to drink an experience. A lot of people just want to get alcohol into their body. Yeah. So it there you go. An awful lot of everything. Right. When it boils down to that. So I, I think, you know, this potentially has staying power. I, you know, it's hard. Maybe, it's so hard to tell. Right. And maybe we'll have it on the show. I just, I feel like if we do, we're going to talk about it for, and there's beers like this too. We'll talk about it for about two minutes and then there won't be much more to say. And then we'll just shout about why it's, you know, outselling, you know, take your pick, every, right. everything but Blue Moon. It'd be like, oh, yeah, that kind of tastes like raspberries. Kind of the sweet part, but not like the uh, aftertaste of it. And then that'll be it, you know, because the flavor won't evolve and there's not a lot of complexity there, I would presume. Well, but So I, I think it would do best for one of the live episodes where we're just watching Phantasm 3 or or, <laughs> yeah. so, or something stupid like that. And we're like, well, all right, we're finally going to do it for this five-minute segment. Yes. It's not a bad idea. Maybe get a variety pack and... No, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll get a tall boy and we'll split it. That's going... Yeah. Ga Gasoline Alley. There yeah. you go. Um, you know, maybe we'll find it in a haunted house or something of that yeah. nature. We'll see. But yeah. So that's the skinny on the skinny cans of hard seltzer. Oh my God. <laughs> that was off the top of the dome. Um, you should be ashamed. <laughs> so Jeremy... Michael... Should we go back to beer? Should we get into the FDR so we can talk about what we like instead of talking about stuff that frightens old men? The FDR, wherein we find a seltzer, drink a seltzer, and rate a seltzer. <laughs> or in this case, a beer. Uh-oh. Is uh, Are you predicting the future of the show? No. <laughs> no. That was alternate 1985 there. Um. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I will <laughs> announce the beer that we have. Yeah, I think this is one for you to do. Yeah. Uh, we have from New Glare... Okay, yeah. So, the Iowa road trip is over, as we mentioned last week. So We've we crossed the river. We crossed the river into Wisconsin for New Glarus Brewing Company's Dancing Man Wheat. And, uh, yes. Jeremy, I don't know if you can pull this up on the website. I'll read the flavor text on the bottle. I don't know if there's any stats on the website, which their website is sometimes sparse, but... It is. Here's the bottle, anyway. If you dream of wheat, <laughs> this brew will get your toes tapping. Since 1995, we have brewed Bavarian-style wheat beers exclusively for the same great state that grows and malts our own Wisconsin wheat. In a world of posers, this is a true Hefeweizen. Naturally 100% bottle fermented and hazy. Expe <laughs> expect this beer to cascade effervescent into your glass. The rich, spicy clove and cinnamon notes, cinnamon, hmm, 
will greet your nose while sweet fruit and wheat kiss your lips. Mm. Lick the foam from... This is getting... This is getting a, a, a little obscene. weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lick the foam from your mouth and admit sometimes you just got to get up and dance. So the website itself, uh, you just read everything that's on there. Basically, the only thing that's not in your spiel there is that it pairs well with brats, which I imagine everything from New Blair's <laughs> pairs well with. Yeah. Uh, beer Advocate tells me that the beer is 7.2% ABV, which seems Whoa. high. Which seems high for a... Uh, a wheat. A wheat beer. That, I didn't realize that. Wow. That's like getting into double IPA territory. Holy crap, yeah. Rate beer has this listed as a Bach slash Weizenbach, which should make sense. But uh, 7.2, interesting. I wish I would have known that before I had a murder horn earlier tonight. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I guess we're going to find out. Yes. I gave it a pour. Describe what you're seeing. I'm seeing this beer cascade effervescent into the glass. There's a nice rush of bubbles in my uh, authentic New Glarus Brewing cup-footed pilsner. <laughs> I was going to say cup. Wow. Cup. A cup. <laughs> you know, the, I pulled it out of the bathroom. We keep It's plastic, and we keep toothbrushes yeah, in it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, so I got a like, bunch of the kids' crap in the bottom of it. Um, Use it in the bathtub for toys. <laughs> I, can, yeah. I can go on like this. It's been a day. <laughs> And that uh, steady, well, very steady stream of bubbles is supporting a nice head that's about two fingers, finger and a half thick up top. Did you swirl it before you finished it off, Michael? Oh, I should do that. I have a little left in there. That's right. Good call. Yes, there's some goo. One thing I've noticed, uh, when I was in Wisconsin, I got a mixer of New Glarus because why not? Yeah. And one thing I that struck me that I hadn't really noticed before, or at least paid attention to, is that all their beers are crystal clear. Oh, uh, yeah, like uh, the, the, the Spotted Cow. But this one. This one, uh, especially when you do the uh, swirl there, this thing's got some mad haze to it. Yes. Um, and it's kind of a golden color, would you say? A deep straw. If we yeah. want to get uh, esoteric, I guess. Yeah. It's it smells like a hefe. Yeah, like the just weedy, clovey smell. Oh my! Did you go in? I did. Have you had this before? I'm assuming yes. I have had this before. I don't think I have. I need to find out right now. But uh, what do you think of this beer, Michael? It is very potent. A very potent flavor. Mm-hmm. I really like. I really enjoy wheat beers, Weissens. And I like that flavor, so I, so far I like the spear, because mm-hmm. it lays it on thick. This has some insane banana to it. I have not had this beer before, okay. or at least according to uh, Untapped. You know, now that I have it, knowing that the ABV is up there, I mm-hmm. think there's a underlying burn. Not a you know, not a nasty burn, but a, a, a warmth maybe. A warmth underlying an undercurrent there, that's. Underneath all those kind of upfront typical flavors, the mm-hmm. yeastiness, the banana y, the clovey. You know, I, I hate to say it, but I think it's true, the bubblegum flavor too. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of punches all those flavors up a little bit and kind of drives them home. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I don't know if I'm getting any of this cinnamon or clove. This is the way, it just feels like the way that they were trying mm-hmm. to describe it would make it be like a, a banana bread muffin almost. But I don't. I don't get the cinnamon. I just get the banana bread. Because, like, I don't know if it's, like, a Western Iowa thing, but uh, banana bread usually has, like, some cinnamon, some allspice, some nutmeg in it. Yeah. And I don't know if I get any of this. 
I think there's a little, again, going back to the burn, the little mm -hmm. warmth there, you know, that's maybe like spice adjacent. Some of those spices you just mentioned kind of, mm -hmm. they provide that kind of same little zing. So I don't necessarily get those flavors, but I do get like a little pop that's reminiscent of some of those spices. Mm -hmm. That's that's fair. Yeah, and so you know, you get a burst of flavor when you drink them, and after you swallow the brew, mm -hmm. you kind of get a <laughs> thank you, Michael. A melange of mm -hmm. from the vapor and from the aftertaste. That's where like banana really kicks in, kind of more volatile flavors at that point. Sure. So one of, one of the things that I've noticed is that when I got that mix mix pack is that uh New Glarus has its has a signature mouthfeel. Mm. It's a very very clean one. Like it's almost Never thought of that. It's almost like it's is when you think when I think of New Glarus I don't traditionally think of a yeast flavor like mm -hmm. at all cuz I don't think they have a saison. Correct me if I'm wrong. Or at least not a a core saison. Not a consistent one, maybe, maybe a limited at some point, but they're they've got to be the only brewery that I can think of that's been around for more than you know ten, fifteen years that doesn't have a barrel aged stout day that they put out. <laughs> yeah, that's because true. They definitely march to the beat of their own drummer. They don't distribute outside of the state of Wisconsin, mm -hmm. which is okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's is I mean. I think that alone makes Spotted Cow more of a makes people perceive it as a better beer, right? The uh, because Spotted Cow is a the, it's a Hellas, I guess, right? I've seen it Hellas. Or, I've seen it listed as a cream ale. Cream ale. Thank you. That's yeah. what I was looking for. But uh, it's a perfectly okay beer. It's yeah. It's, it's a fine yellow beer. It's not yes, going to go. uh, like blow your mind. But the fact it's the Eric Cartman theory. It's like mm -hmm. you can't have it. And that makes you want it more. Yeah. What's that, like Trapper Keeper or something? Well, no, it's the one where he gets Cartman land. Oh. <laughs> yes. And uh, he buys a uh, an amusement park strictly to keep everyone out. But then he has to start letting people in little by little in order to pay for the upkeep and everything. Yes. And be it's, it's a brilliant... I mean, it really is a brilliant uh, business maneuver. Yeah. Yeah, that puts him in the top craft brands list that we review every year mm -hmm. even though they're only in one state but uh this one has yeast and spades oh boy does it i mean yeah. that's what i think is shocking me most about this beer is that it's it's weird it's it's not very often where you can see a brewery go out of its comfort zone because yeah, see, be, yeah. because like i mean i mean at the, the same time it is a traditional german type beer though that you know they're they stick to traditional beer varieties they don't true, go too true. far off the beaten path but with that said they still like they have the one pale ale is it moon man yes I mean, yeah moon man is that's a, a fine pale ale it's not like ridiculous or anything but it's uh it's just one of those things where it's like they they have their lane and they stick to it it'd be like having a metery make like a, a hard seltzer <laughs> yeah yeah i see what you're saying but yeah i I like that they're they're both staying in their lane and coming way far away from it because it's just so different from what they do. Yeah, we had them on the show a few other times too. I think Spotted Cow has been on here probably very early oh, on. That was one of the first ones, if memory serves. Yep, and we had the uh, the baton handoff episode with you and Mike, and we had the oh, Spotted Cow Grand Crew or something like that. 
Oh um, yeah. That was a uh, That was good. Yeah. Um you know, I'm sure they've been on before too, but uh oh, this it's, is just another. I, yeah, I feel like we've had them um, several times. Have we had Staghorn? I feel like we have. Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Oktoberfest, Mars, whatever we want to call it. Yep. Um, so, should we get into rating this one, though, Jeremy? Yeah, let's do it, Michael. How about you go first? So, I think a lot of this rating is going to hinge on, do you like wheat beers or not? And not only do you like wheat beers, do you like Hefe's? Oh, yes. Specifically yes. Hefe's. Yes, because there's a, because there's a, Well, Well, I mean... There's a difference. Hefe just means wheat, doesn't it? I think the Vizen is the wheat. Oh, yeah, you're the right. the Hefe is the yeast. Okay. Well, regardless, uh, it's it's certainly different than a, a wit beer or mm-hmm. a, an American wheat beer, where you put yes. the H in front of the W, <laughs> and where, you know, it's something like a Blue Moon is technically a wheat beer. Right. Yeah, that's a good point to clarify, because this one is very specific. So do you like Hefeweizens? Which I do. I say, give me that wheat, give me that yeast, <laughs> give me that wheat to uh, paraphrase the late, great Harris Whittles. Um, R.I.P. Yeah. More like wheat thicks. Um, God. <laughs> um, but even this is a little, it, like, this is pretty intense. Mm-hmm. But with that, I'm going to give it a four because I, I, I like the wheat. I like the yeast. Maybe it's a little too much. Maybe it lays it on a little too thick. But I rarely have half a Weizen, so if I'm gonna have one, why not just dunk it in the hoop <laughs> instead of a simple field goal? I'm gonna jam the ball. My name's <laughs> Michael. <laughs> That's gonna be on my tombstone. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> jam. Do they even say that anymore? I don't know if anyone ever did. <laughs> NBA Jam. Um, I know, but no one ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slam jam. It's a slam jam, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, God. that's like something like the first like sports commentator who ever saw like a dunk for the first time. He's like, he's jam jamming it into the hoop. Jesus Christ, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> you can't do that. Um, Jeremy, your take. Um, this beer is... It's... It's exactly what you expect and not at all what you expect. Mm. So New Glarus has, they do what they do. You know, if you've had a New Glarus beer, you know what you're getting. You're getting a very, very high standard of quality, but it's not going to go insane with like a grisette or a uh, uh, hemp-flavored kombucha, if we're going back to that article. Mm-hmm. it's you're, you're going to get a traditional... German style beer, most likely, and they're going to do it well. And th- sometimes those traditional styles are not the most intense or wild, but they are done well. Mm-hmm. That said, this one is kind of this one's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, for them and in general, like the the yeast is crazy, and like I don't know if I've had one, but maybe that Grand Crew. I'll bet that one had a high ABV. Because if I yeah. remember right, that was like an imperial spotted cow or something like that. Yeah, they have. That's what was part of the thumbprint series, which that's where they get a little more. Where they go fruity. Yeah. Not literally. Well, and sometimes literally. Where they where they go weird. There, that's yeah. a better way to put it. I really like this beer, and it's growing on me mm. the more I have it because it's. I didn't know you were a 
a wheat man, Jeremy. Well, I'm not, which is why it's so weird. Hmm. Like before the uh, the great eye opening, maybe I'm just old. Huh? <laughs> because like I just I find I, that I really don't care about a whole lot of anything anymore, and not yeah. in a, not in an anhedonia sort of way where I need to go see someone. It's right. just it's just like you liked. Oh God, what was it? It's like you liked movie X. You're an idiot. And like who cares? Right. Yes. Oh my God, who cares? It's like I'll watch pretty much anything. Like I'll read pretty much anything. I will listen to pretty. I'm more. I'm more uh, discerning when it comes to my music. But I'll. <laughs> but like I will listen to anything and generally not complain unless it's Old Town Road, which I still haven't heard, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> okay. Um, might break records. Number it, one. It, it did break records today, it, as of today. Oh, okay. It's it's been number one for seventeen weeks because of a loophole that allows remixes to be counted as the same song. Oh. Which seem which seems like nonsense to me. I'm not I'm not okay with that. Hmm. But that's neither here nor there. Once again, who cares? Yeah. But I I like this. It's the Hefe's are probably at the bottom of my like reach bass style. Okay. Rankings, because I mean, as we've established, the vegetal green pepper beers are probably my least favorite. Although the, even those are coming up. Hmm? But, um, I've been rambling. <laughs> this, this thing is solid. Is Sears? I give this a four point two five. Nice. I really like this beer, and oh, I kind of want you to bring me more. <laughs> I could do that for you. You could, or you could just go get something like super weird. Yeah, assuming it's still on the, uh, you know, I think is this seasonal? I think it's seasonal. Yeah. Four point two five. Oh, okay. We turned it around, Michael. I was yeah. I was real concerned about this episode when we started. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Uh, in any case, it's another one down the gullet. Hit those social media plugs. Yes, uh, you can find us on Twitter. At APM Pod, Facebook.com slash APM Pod. Emails directly, APM Pod at gmail.com. I should check that. Um, <laughs> also on Untapped, APM Pod there, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all the ratings. Thanks, Mike. Rate, review, subscribe on your favorite app or whatever you have going on. But uh, I think that's about it. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>